Welcome to a new episode of, of So Here's What Happened, Karen and Talks. I am your host, Karen and Hayes, film critic and journalist. And this is the podcast, Thanks YouTube channel, where I speak to film creatives about their work in the industry and what inspires them. And this is one of my interviews for the 2023 South by Southwest Film Festival. And today I am joined by writer, director, editor, and musician Dylan Tucker to talk about his narrative feature film, Pure O. Um, thank you so much, Dylan, for talking to, um, with, to me about this film. I watched this film and I think it's a beautiful film. I think you've made a beautiful story and not only about, um, I think it's talking about Pure O, which is a, a term used to describe obsessive compulsive behavior especially the pure kind it's called pure obsessive compulsive behavior but i think a beautiful story about relationships and as you mentioned in the film vulnerability and courage and how all those three things are tied to each other so before we get into the film i want you to talk a bit about just using your own story to make this feature film because i think you had to get very um vulnerable with yourself to create this story as and i think i think vulnerable with any with everyone who was involved in creating it because they got to know some intimate details about your life and about the and about this disorder that you have yeah absolutely um it's a very vulnerable story it's talking about um you know i had late onset ocd and i was going into my 30s um so i you know as i address it in the film that i learned that how difficult late onset is because you've already sort of cemented your worldview at that point. And so you're sort of dealing with your own, your own hangups, so to speak about it as you're going through it. Um, but I also knew that that's what it was going to take. It was going to take being really vulnerable to share this experience because it's just a misunderstood thing that, that a lot of people within the community don't even fully understand. And, and so if I wanted to put something like this into the world to really sort of use art as a form of my own advocacy, that I was going to have to be really honest and really, um, you know, just pull no punches with myself and, and to, to, not just, um, to not just share all the, the good aspects of myself, but to really kind of shine the light in there and to, um, to ultimately not just show mental health, um, but to show how it affects all the loved ones around you when you're experiencing something like that and how ultimately the power of social connection is what gets us through a lot of things in life and so I wanted to do all of that with with the film mm. and what was it that made you decide to actually make this a film because as I say in your in the intro you do basically almost everything in this film you write it you direct it you edited it and you also wrote original songs for it so what was it that made you decide this I'm at the point in my life and at the point in my journey where I can make a film about something that's so um, vulnerable and also a topic that still isn't widely um, understood because a lot of people have preconceptions about OCD. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of that has to do with the media and how media portrays OCD mm -hmm. and also mental illness because we, I'll get into a bit, but we do, I think there's things that I knew, like the obsessive compulsive and the intrusive thoughts, but those mm -hmm. thoughts, those things aren't actually normally defined or represented as OCD, you know, it's kind of looked mm -hmm. at as something separate. So what was it that made you decide this is when I, this is the film I'm going to make? And this is I think I'm at the right point in my life to do it. 
Yeah, so this is my life that we that we just addressed, but it's um, it's really my life maybe eight years ago or something like that. So when I was going through everything, I I sort of just bullet pointed things out and I made an outline about kind of what was going on and and I had an idea that I might want to kind of circle back to it at some point. But I knew that I didn't want to write it when I was going through everything because um, I wasn't looking for this to be sort of um, an act of catharsis and I wasn't... I knew that if I was writing it when I was going through everything that I I wouldn't have been able to have seen through the trees and I would have been so shrouded by my own emotions about the whole thing and my own bias that I wanted to wait until I could give sort of a more clear viewpoint of it. But by the same token, I didn't want to wait until I was so far removed from everything that I had forgotten almost uh, how what everything that had happened. So I wanted to wait until I was in that sweet spot of where I had moved on in my life and I processed everything and I was in a new place, but I was close enough to where I could access everything and I could touch it and I could still remember everything. And, 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 and it just felt like the time that I, it was right at the beginning of the pandemic and I was home and I had just written something else and I was sort of just looking at what I was going to write next. And I came across the outline and I just recognized that there wasn't any charge to it anymore for me. Um, and that I felt like it was the time. It was the time to sort of share my story and to put it down on paper and see what would come of it. And it all came together very quickly after that. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you don't mind me asking, um, are you still in therapy? And the reason I, I asked this question is because I could imagine not only having to go through the writing process and delving through these painful memories for you, but also just that the process of writing writing is extremely difficult writing a screenplay a script is just difficult on a normal basis but when you're uh, when you're writing a script with the intent to reveal something so personal about your own past as well as about the people in your life and while the, mm. the character of cooper who's the main lead is um fictional in that he is based on you but he's not like an exact replica representation of who you were but you would have mm. still had to go through some painful moments you know like some traumatic experiences and some traumatic memories because the thing about the especially for the form of OCD that is expressed in the film which is relational um OCD where it's like you're having extremely um disconcerting and disturbing thoughts about hurting your loved one particularly the uh, fiance I imagine like just for me watching it I was I there was moments where I felt close to tears because I just I just the thought of having these thoughts about someone that you deeply love and then the emotional turmoil that Mm -hmm. that put Cooper through like he doesn't want to have these intrusive thoughts you know he doesn't want to hurt this person that he loves so much but Mm -hmm. as I was watching I just kept thinking like how how were you how was Dylan able to get through this process I wondered if you were going through therapy during um, the process of writing just like for just like in a way to just kind of like I do like mental maintenance Mm. Um, no, I, I, I thought, uh, I'm not, I'm not in therapy and I wasn't in therapy during the process of making it. Um, I had that thought before I was going into it about like, uh, I was prepared to see what, what it would bring up. And I was mm-hmm. prepared to see certainly, obviously, I, you know, there's a little bit of concern in your head of like, Oh, is this going to sort of reignite different things in my life? Or is this going to trigger things in some way? Uh, but I didn't find that to be the case. And I think part of the way that I protected myself was also, it was twofold. It was something that I thought would just be what would be best for the film in terms mm-hmm. of the approach. But 
I really took it away from myself and I casted a real life couple to play the leads. And, um, and it became less about my story. I, I actually challenged my actors to, to, to try not to really make my story was already there on the page and in the words and, and, and everything, but I wanted them to bring their own, as much of their themselves and their own relationship as possible to, to the project. So once we got into the filming of it, I didn't necessarily feel as though I was sitting there watching myself on screen or anything like that. Um, there was little moments along the way, but I think that's just, um, that's me having the, um, I think just kind of the interpersonal skills to recognize that I was in the right place to make the film at this time. Had I made the film too soon, I think that might've been maybe more of a concern if I was still, um, if I was still in that place and I was still too connected to everything that I was going through, that might've been painful. And, um, and just luckily I feel like I had the, um, I had the, um, the foresight within myself to recognize that I didn't want to do that. And I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to write it when I was going through everything. So the fact that I waited and I did it when I did, I think really helped a lot. And, um, and it, and it wasn't, there's been, like I said, there's been various little moments or something where, watching a watching a performance or something and um or or you know in the editing room piecing it together and seeing things where certain things bubble up but not not from a um not from a traumatic place just um kind of more from just a bittersweet place you mm -hmm. know just from a a place of remembering everything but um yeah no no heroes no villains just sort of this is life and this is this is how things happen and um so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, it, maybe it sounds a little strange, but I'm actually able to look back almost with a level of fondness towards this, mm -hmm. this period of my life, just because it's one of those things everybody tells you when you're going through something about, you know, it's like your darkest hour and everybody's like, oh, you know, this is only going to make you stronger. And this is going to all, all these things. And, and you're just listening to that. We all listen to that when it's being said, it's just, it's just hollow words, but to be, to be completely genuine about it. I'm, I'm to a point now where I can see all of that and I can see um, all of, it was such a sea change in my life mm -hmm. and now how much I've changed for it, but how much I've changed for the better because of this experience. And um, I, I'm able to recognize the beauty in OCD and it's not, it, it's obviously it's, it's, it's horrible and it's debilitating and it's, um, but there's such a beauty in it in terms of, um, the gift that it gives you about yourself in terms of um, like in my work, you know, there, an OCD brain is just a, it, 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 OCD thoughts are just normal human thoughts that we all experience. The difference is just that an OCD brain misinterprets them. And so it's not like we talk about, I talk about in the film and they talk about in therapy that it's not necessarily, it's not about the thoughts. It's about your reaction and your relationship to those thoughts. And so the beauty of it though, is that when you're writing a script, I mean, it aids my work. I mean, I wouldn't be the, the artist that I am or the writer that I am or the creative that I am without having OCD. So when I'm getting into a script and I am, and I'm thinking about a million different things and I'm moving puzzle pieces around and I'm thinking about plot and I'm thinking about lines and I'm putting together a screenplay, it's the same aspects of my brain that goes into all of, all of the OCD themes. It's just that obviously one of them has a very negative connotation and one of them is positive. So I'm able to, I'm able to see the gift of, 
of of this thing um for better or worse it doesn't sound weird to me at all like for me i i, I can share with you like i've been diagnosed with depression so i take antidepressives um antidepressants sorry <laughs> mm-hmm. and i've been and also been diagnosed with um anxiety and i take medication for that too and i've also been diagnosed with seasonal no wait i also say wrong it's seasonal affective disorder um disorder Uh right so Mm -hmm. like in winter like this winter in canada like winter is one of the hardest periods of my life in that i struggle like just Mm. to do everyday things just being able to write you know just getting ready to getting ready for the day is a struggle for me like even sometimes doing interviews can be a struggle because just start getting myself mentally ready to speak to someone, you know, and like I got to put myself in a place. And also I have multiple sclerosis. So like when you say that, um, when you say that it, it, that it being going through what you've gone through is in a way a beautiful experience for you because it's helped you to see the world differently and it's made you as a creative look at things differently and it's given you a a unique perspective. I totally get that because I think for Mm. me, I look at films differently to other people, you know? I mm-hmm. when I when I have to do when I have to write, I look at things from a completely different angle. When I have to do film analysis, I'm able to see things in a way that other people don't. I'm also dyslexic and I also have cognitive impairment. So when I'm reading stuff, like I don't pick up I I always kind of look at things abstractly. And yeah. I used to be embarrassed about it because I wasn't educated enough about it when I was younger, but now that I'm older. I can see the beauty in my mind, like not to use a cliche, sure. but I, I believe like I see now that I have a beautiful mind, you know, I'm able to see that there's nothing wrong with looking at the world in a completely different way, you know, even with mm-hmm. my MS, like my MS has taught me to listen to my body better, you know, I'm mm-hmm. able to like listen to my body and also to be, if I need a break, I am okay with saying that I need a break, you know, so I, I totally get where you're yeah. coming from. And I think that's one of the reasons I'm always interested to talk to filmmakers like you who make films about mental illness or physical disabilities or just um, about just the struggles of life because it's, it helps. I, 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 I relate in very, in very different ways and from different aspects. And, and yeah. like even watching your film, like I just said, like, I got very emotional because like, I've been to, I've been where Cooper has been, you know, I've been where you've been in like the sense of suffering mental illness and feeling like no one understands you and wanting your brain to work, you know, mm-hmm. the way you know that it can work. Like sometimes are like for me being neurodivergent, my brain just doesn't work the way I know it can, you know, sure. and, that, and that can be very debilitating, you know, and for people who don't suffer of mental illness in any form, they don't understand, you know, and for Cooper, like for Cooper, he, I, I think the beautiful thing is that like he's working and like you worked as a addiction um, counselor. Mm-hmm. And I just thought like the way that you had to, in a way, make sure that you are there for your um, clients, you know, you're there for the people that you're, that you're helping, but you have to be present enough in yourself to know I can't do this unless I get help from myself too, mm-hmm. you know? And there's a lot of people that when we're struggling, we don't acknowledge that we that we need help and a lot of it has to do with society making us feel like asking for help is mm-hmm. makes means that something's wrong with us and like no like i love the fact that as soon as he noticed something's wrong Cooper was like you know what i need to go find a therapist <laughs> and i mm-hmm. need to do this pronto <laughs> yeah i mean that's that uh, comes full circle i mean that's one thing in an ocd brain is that you feel that anxiety and you push off the floor and you want to take action right away so it drives you to action and it mm-hmm. does things like you know uh, you know, it, it, this all goes back from years, 
years ago. It's like if you were, if we were, if we were like, you know, if there was a lion in the tree lines and we were out in the out in the field and back in the day, somebody with an OCD brain is going to survive more than the other person because they're going to be constantly thinking about all the things around them and all the possibilities. So this becomes a form of survival, and there, there's so many positives w- within that. So yeah, I don't see it in that in that way anymore. I, I, I do see the beauty in it and. Yeah, it's like it's like you spoke to w- with yours, uh, with everything that you've gone through and that you shared. It's just that everybody's neurodivergent. This, you know, just to destigmatize this thing, it's like we all. I don't know. I don't know what a normal brain looks like. Everybody yeah, has. Hey, what, what is it, you know? This is what does a normal brain look like? We all have our. Um, we all have our things. So, yeah. Yeah, I always say normal is relative. Like my my normal is is like no one else is normal. You know, your normal is like different to everyone else. So like there is no such thing as normal, as we like to say. Sure. But, but for my last question, I want you to talk about casting because not only the 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 cast that you selected for your main couple to play, um, Cooper and Emily being a real couple, which I think plays beautifully into the chemistry. But talk about just like working with them for the scenes because I think one of the most beautiful scenes in the film to me is when they're both at the therapy session and mm. his therapist I think his therapist is lovely like your casting for the therapist was spot on but for oh, she's Dan, amazing yeah Candace Brene she, she's fantastic she, she's amazing so I think that scene with the three of them I think was one of the most beautiful scenes to me because the love that um Emily has for Cooper where she's like it's okay you know she's like yeah right, right, saying, right. this thing that's traumatic for him and then mm-hmm. he breaks down because he challenging himself to do this thing that he's been so terrified of. So talk about working in that scene. Cause I think that scene just says so much about who these characters is. Are. Yeah. yeah uh, I mean, that, 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 that seems very powerful. I want to obviously be careful to not give anything away. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in a general sense, that's one of those things that my, my actors were fantastic. I mean, just to go back for a second, just in terms of the casting, um, I was so fortunate that everybody I casted the film myself and everybody, I got all of my first choices. I was so fortunate that uh, everybody said yes to me and that everybody responded to the material and everybody believed in me and what I was doing and was willing to come take the journey with me and lend their artistry to what we did. But I mean, that scene in particular, I mean, Daniel and hope are both just phenomenal actors. I mean, they both, um, they're both so smart and they both have such a sense of humanity. Um, we talked so much and, you know, we talked so much about, um, about what led them to that moment and where they both were. And, um, and, and again, mixed in as much of their own perspective as possible and sort of their own lives and, everything was just a mixture of what I put on the page and also what them as hope and Daniel, not as the characters, how they go about things and how do they process things and how to, um, and so everything became this amalgamation of, of everything. And then, and then Candace was so amazing to, she really anchors that scene, I think, um, mm-hmm. she, because she, she's neutral. And the main thing is a, as a therapist, when you're, when you're treating OCD is to remain neutral, right? You don't want to, um, even when you're doing um, an exposure or something like that, um, you want to remain neutral and you don't want to show emotion one way or the other, because that's how we treat, that's how you treat it. The more you're exposed to it from a neutral state, the more your brain starts to not treat it as a threat. 
So, um, yeah, they were just phenomenal across the board, all three of them. And so her just kind of anchoring the scene as the therapist and then seeing both of them bring such humanity to it. Um, it was lovely. It made my job easy. Um, but yeah, that was, um, it was an intense day on set, but it was, I mean, there was multiple days on that set where I was emotional in the monitor, just watching, watching them perform, um, just, just in individual takes. I mean, they just brought such depth to the roles. Thank you so much again. Thanks. Um, beautiful film and much success to you and to the casting crew. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Dylan. Thank you, Carolyn, so much for having me on your podcast. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> of course. So everyone, that was another episode of Carolyn Talks for Sir Here's What Happened podcast. And today I was joined by filmmaker Dylan Tucker to talk about his narrative feature film, Pure O, which I think is a beautiful film that everyone should see because it's a film about mental illness. It's a film about people suffering with OCD and it gives representation, I think, proper representation, true representation of what it is like to suffer with these disabilities, you know, and it's a way for people with these disabilities to not only see themselves represented, but also to be perhaps bring up conversations with their family members, with their friends, their loved ones, to talk about what it is like for them, as well as for people who may not necessarily have anyone in their lives with mental illness or with um, OCD or other uh, mentally debilitating um, disabilities, but also just to gain a better understanding of what it is like to have these disabilities and how debilitating and frustrating and energy draining it can be. But it also talks about the path to healing, about seeking therapy and having people around you who understand you and relate to you and empathize with you and have the patience to listen to you. So thank you so much to Dylan and his entire cast and crew and everyone involved with making the film. I just hope that it does really spark some really good conversations and genuine conversations. And this is, as I said, one of my interviews for the 2023 South by Southwest Film Festival. You can find other interviews that I'll be doing for the festival, including one I did with um, director Carolina Fioratti and actress Mary Oliveira about their film, My Dry Walk Cocoon. It's a, a Brazilian film talking about classes and racism, you know, wealth, the um, how wealthy people can disenfranchise other wealthy people as well as people from outside of the, I guess you could say, upper echelons of society. And it talks about colorism as well. And you can listen to the episode on ACAS and but whydo.net and other episodes of Caroline Talks, just look for the um just look for podcast. So here's what happened podcast. You can go on my YouTube channel, that's youtube.com slash at sign Caroline underscore Hines H I N D S to find the video versions of my interviews for Caroline Talks. You can go to my R3 page at AUTHORY.com slash Caroline Hines to find links to the podcast, the YouTube channel, and all of my published writing. That's interviews, film analysis, film reviews, and profiles and and the like. Um and you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I have a TikTok account now where I post mini vlogs for films that I screen here in Toronto using the hashtag Carolyn Talks and hashtag SHWH stands for So Here's What Happened. And my handle is at CarrieCNH12, C-R-I-E-C-N-H-12, one, that's one, two. You can also go on Instagram and look for Pure O, which is the official Instagram account for the film to find more, find out more about Dylan, um, obsessive compulsive disorder and about the film and until the next episode of carolyn talks everyone stay safe bye <laughs>